All right, so I want everybody to close your eyes. And I want you to just get everything off of your mind and be humble. Just humble yourself. Just get everything off your mind so that we can focus on God. And as I'm praying, pray to yourself and just ask God to speak to you, speak to your heart tonight. Father, uh, Lord, God, there's just so much going on in this one room, Lord. So many struggles, Lord, short term and long term. God, sickness. God, there's all kinds of stuff. And Lord, I pray, Lord, tonight that we would just be able to see, see those things in in your light, Lord, through your lenses, through how you see them, Lord. Father, I pray that you would just bring healing and that you would show grace and give strength to weak people, Lord. And that's all of us. Father, I pray that we just learn more about your word tonight and be able to lean on each other. And God, just be joyful as we worship you by reading your word. In your name we pray, amen. So, we have been in this series called Finding Your Purpose. And the first week, we talked about and we learned about how we ha- the basis of fulfilling your purpose on this life is to have faith. If you don't have faith, faith being the cornerstone, just the, the base of the foundation to building your purpose, to fulfilling your purpose is, is faith. It's absolutely necessary. And it's, it's so crucial because that is what guides you. Your faith is what is going to guide you in your purpose. It's going to guide you in this life. And when you start to, to follow that and to, to follow that guidance of, through your faith in Christ, you're going to start to realize that you can't lean on your own strength. And you're going to start to realize that he's going to call you to do things that you don't necessarily want to do sometimes. And it's kind of scary. It doesn't make sense. So what do you have to do? You have to trust him. And that's what we talked about last week, trusting him. When you seek him with all of your heart, he's going to provide everything you need. So you, you put your faith in him and you trust that he's going to provide everything you need for every step of the way. And you don't lean on your own understanding, you lean on his. Because you put your faith in him, you realize that he's the one who created you and he created your purpose. And so we're talking about this idea of, of finding your purpose. And we, we realize that each and every one of our lives has an actual purpose. And as we try to find it in ourselves, we try to say, what do I need to do? Well, why am I important? Why am I here? And so we start to, we find this truth that, yes, our, our lives do have a purpose. Each and every single one of us have a, has a purpose. But sometimes I think as humans, we have a tendency to, to look at a smaller picture, we have a tendency to, to, to look at specifics, just like we were talking about the light bulb. We start to figure out, or we start to think about, what, what kind of light bulb is going to put in our, our skyscraper? Well, we have a tendency to look at these specific things like, for example, we say, well, for my career, I'm going to become a doctor. And so at, at that point, you start to think to yourself, well, if I'm going to become a doctor, I can't do this, and I can't do this, but I have to do this. So you start basing your entire life or revolving your entire life around this one thing. It's one thing that you're planning on, and it's one thing that you're doing. So you base your schooling off of it. You base 
you know, the, the kind of house or whatever. You start thinking about all these kind of things. Well, this is around being a doctor. And so I feel like sometimes as humans, we have a tendency to look at those specifics and not be able to see the bigger picture. We start to think to ourselves that that is our purpose, that one single thing is our purpose, and that we can't have multiple things going on in our lives. Just because Kenny is a pastor doesn't mean he can't be work, working somewhere, just like he is. It's not one thing. Sometimes God calls us to multiple different things, and that's okay. But sometimes we, we think about these specific things, and, and we can't get past them, and we start to neglect what our actual purpose is. And I think in that, we forget something very important. When we start to think about our purpose, one thing that we don't consider all the time is that in those strivings after this purpose, there's going to be struggles. There's going to be trials. There's going to be extremely hard times that we can't plan for. If planning is something that you think is a foolproof thing, that if you just plan, you won't stress out. If you just plan, things are going to be okay, and you get your ducks in a line, and everything's going to be all right, and just everything's going to go exactly how you have it because you have it planned, and that's what you're going to do. You can't plan on struggles. You don't know if a family member is going to pass away. You don't know when you're going to get something, you're going to get sick with something that can't be cured. You don't know these things. You don't know exactly what kind of child you're going to have. You don't know how many you're going to have. You don't know if you're going to have a miscarriage. You don't know, you don't know these things. Some of these things are just, they, you can't plan on them. And they change the whole trajectory of your life. Some of these things are so big. Some of these things are so hard to deal with that it just, cha- it just changes everything. So we realize that our life has a purpose but do we realize that our struggles and our trials also have a purpose? In James chapter 1, I think we learn a very important truth about life and that in our, in our search for our purpose, we realize that our struggles and our trials along the way are a significant part of that purpose. In fact, your purpose cannot be fulfilled without these things. So let's turn to James chapter 1 and see what he says. See what God says about it. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Now first we just have to see who he's talking to. He says, Dear brothers and sisters. So obviously these are believers These are people that he's close to. These are people he feels for. And these are people he's looking after. And if they're in trouble, he has a trouble in his heart. He realizes that one part of the body's hurting, he's going to be hurting. He's caring about them. He wants to take care of them. He wants to talk to them about something. He says, dear brothers and sisters. And most likely, these brothers and sisters are are scattered from a result of a man named Stephen getting martyred. In Acts chapter 7, there was a guy named Stephen who got martyred for preaching about Jesus. They arrested him and they said, they they lied about him, they spread rumors about him. And they said, this man is always speaking things against the holy temple and against the laws of Moses. And then they asked him, is this true? And with his reply, he didn't say yes or no. Basically, he just walked through the entire Old Testament and he says, 
this is what, this is what Adam did, this is what Eve did, and then, then Moses, and then, then after Moses was Abraham, and then Isaac, and then Jacob, and then the twelve patriarchs, and then he walked through David, and Solomon, and all these different things, and he walked through basically what the entire Old Testament meant in a summary, in about five or six paragraphs. He just summarized the whole thing. And at the end of it, he says that he talks about these prophets. And he says to them, to the religious leaders who were putting him on trial, he says, will you forever resist the Holy Spirit as your ancestors did? Because in Israel, all, the, all this time, Moses was trying to tell them something. David was trying to tell them something. These prophets were trying to tell them something. And there wasn't one single prophet that they didn't, they didn't persecute, that they didn't they didn't like try to kill him or something. There wasn't one single prophet who did that. And he called them stiff-necked people. He said, you're stiff-necked, you're stubborn, you don't want to listen. God, throughout history, since the beginning of time, has been trying to tell you one thing, that the righteous one was coming, and you just murdered him. But instead, you're doing like your ancestors did, and you're trying to kill me and persecute me, a prophet telling you that Jesus Christ is the righteous one. He is the Messiah that the Old Testament promised. And so after that, he, after he called them stiff-necked, they were furious. So they all took out their stones. They drug him out of the city. They all took out their stones, and they killed him. And as he was being stoned, he looked up to heaven, and they saw a glow on his face. And he just said, Father, please forgive them. Don't charge this murder against them. Today is Simple Church's two-year anniversary. And I haven't been here from the start. I actually haven't been here very long at all. And y'all are my family. And I love y'all very much. And I'm so proud to call y'all my brothers and sisters. And I feel like that back then, that was when the church was really starting up. And I feel like the, the foundation was Jesus Christ, but it was built on these people who were standing firm in the faith. And they were not turning to the left or to the right. They were going to go to the truth. They were going to go back to God's word and tell them the truth and say, this is what I believe in. I don't believe in y'all's schemes. I don't believe in y'all's, y'all's way of doing things. I believe in God's way of doing things. And I feel like that here we have those kind of people. We have that kind of leadership. We have that kind of accountability. We said, no, we're not, we're not going to go the world's way. We're going to go God's way. And we talk about constantly here, all the time, about trials we talk about these hard times. We talk about how when you follow after Jesus Christ, there's going to be people come against you. There's going to be persecution. There's going to be really hard times because there's going to be hard decisions in your life that you think to yourself, I've got to make this decision for Jesus Christ. Although I don't want to do it right now, I know that I have to obey him. And it's not what everybody else is doing, but I don't care. And in your heart, that, that creates turmoil. That creates sadness. It's hard. We talk about that all the time. Just about every week we have a whole series on it. And so what I want to talk about is how those trials, those hard times, everything that has to do with taking away our peace, taking away our joy, limiting our happiness, all those things, just break it up. 
Those trials that come into your life, no matter how small you may think they are, if it breaks up your happiness, breaks up your peace, breaks up your comfort in some way, form, or fashion, that is a trial. That is hard. And I promise you one thing, God cares. God cares about it because He wants to use it. Your trials have a purpose. Just like your whole life has a purpose, your trials have a purpose. And you cannot fulfill your purpose outside of these trials, outside of these hard times. And he says that when you face trials of many kinds, sickness, death, when you struggle with sin in your life and you're, you're pursuing after God, but you can't seem to break away from this sin, When you're going through extremely hard times, you don't really know what the cause of it is. You just know that you're going through a hard time. You're a little bit overwhelmed. When you're trying to make decisions about who you want to marry, you're trying to make decisions about what you want to do with your career. When you face trials of many kinds, consider an opportunity of great joy. Joy meaning that it's not based on the ever-changing circumstances of this life. True joy. Joy in the Lord. Meaning that no matter what's going on in your life, you can have joy. Because our joy is not related to those circumstances that are always changing. Our joy is related to the never-changing God. To our relationship with Him that's stable, that will always be there, that will always be loving, that will always be welcoming, that will always be comforting, that will always be victorious. That is where our joy comes from. And he says that in these trials, we have to consider it an opportunity for great joy. Why? Why is that so? So you're telling me that if my mom dies right now, Right now, as we're speaking, if my mom dies, we're always talking about how everything happens for our good and for His glory. Is that for my good? Is my mom dying for my good? Is the hard time in your life right now, is that for your good? Can you look at that and say, that's an opportunity for great joy? It's hard to see. But why, why should we look at our hard, hard times as an opportunity for great joy? I think it's because in the midst of our hard time, even in the very center of the storm, we can see the final result. We look to God and we say, God has the peace that I need and that He has a plan for my life. He has a purpose and that's why I have joy. And in verse 2, He says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. That is why we can have joy. But why is that important? Why is it important for our faith to be tested? Tested means that you have to prove something. When you learn information in school, you're tested on it to prove that you know it. And it says that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. 
it's very important that your endurance has a chance to grow. Because the further along in your life that you go, you're going to need the lessons that you learned before. Things are going to get harder. Your faith is going to be tested at a stronger level. People in this life don't want to see you succeed for the Lord. When you're trying to share the gospel with people who have never heard it, there's going to be people there that don't want them to hear it. There's going to be things come up in your life that are very unexpected. Things that change your whole life completely. Kenny, for example, talks about it all the time. How his daughter had cancer and she passed away. That's something you don't expect. And he didn't see the purpose of it right then and there. And whenever the doctors came to him and they asked him, or I don't know, actually I don't know who it was, but it was like, he held something in his hand and it said, if you could have one thing right now, what would it be? And he chose peace. He didn't know what was going on. He didn't know why his daughter was having this go on. We don't understand. In the midst of our trials, we don't understand. And the further we go on, the more our faith will be tested, and our endurance needs a chance to grow. We've got to stay faithful to the Lord. When persecution comes and when we're faced with death because of our belief in Jesus Christ, our endurance needs to be there. Our faith in Jesus Christ needs to be there. We need to see, we look back at our trials and say, He brought me through this one. He can bring me through this one now. He brought me through the hardest one I've ever been through. He can bring me through this one, I promise. I promise He's going to see His way through. He always keeps His promises. We need to have that. We need to look at our trials in the past and see, Man, I, I, don't know how, I didn't know how I made it through that. I was, I was struggling so hard. And we look at this now. I'm faced with death. They're asking me, do I believe in Jesus Christ? And if I do, they're going to kill me. I'm going to say yes because I know that Jesus Christ is real. And I know that he's going to get glory from this because he always has and he always will. That is why our endurance needs a chance to grow. And so in verse 3, in verse 4, he says, so let it grow. So let it grow. Don't resist the trials in your life. When these hard times come, when these trials come and break up your peace, break up your comfort, don't resist those hard times. Embrace those hard times. Embrace the persecution. Embrace the inner battle. Embrace the emotional battle. Embrace the war that Satan is waging on you. Embrace that. Because you know why? You're going to win. We're going to win. When Satan wages war against us, when this world wages war against us, we're going to win. That's why we embrace it. We know we're not going to lose. God cannot be stopped. And God cannot be overcome. And God will not lose. 
He will not. And because we are His children, we will not. We are more than conquerors. Not even close to losing. We will never see loss. Ever. It may seem like we're losing battles, but brothers and sisters, we are winning. We are far ahead. We're one step ahead of them at all times. They think they're winning, but God is getting all the more glory. They tell Nehemiah to stop building the wall. He says, I'm going to build it more. You try to break me down, I'm going to go harder. So let it grow. Let your endurance grow. Embrace the battle. Embrace the war. Because we're going to win. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Our purpose for trials is to build our endurance. And when our endurance is fully developed, we will be perfect and complete. And we will need nothing. Does that sound familiar? Perfect, complete, self sufficient, needing nothing. That sounds like Jesus Christ. So, when our endurance has a chance to grow, we are becoming more like Jesus Christ. We're becoming more like our Savior. We're getting formed into the image that we were originally created to be. The image of God. And this word perfect doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect and that you're not going to sin, that you're not going to fall. It doesn't mean the hard times still aren't going to come. This word perfect just means spiritually mature. That no matter what comes your way, you're going to be reliant on Jesus Christ alone. That no matter what battle is being waged against you, no matter what war is being waged against you, your faith is in Jesus, Jesus Christ. And no matter what hard time is going on in your heart, in your mind, with your friends, whoever is persecuting you, we're becoming more like Jesus Christ because we put our faith in Him. We rely on Him in those hard times. When we are weak, we're made strong. And God uses the weak of the world to shame the strong. He uses the foolish of this world to shame the wise. That is why our trials have purpose. And that is why our purpose or that our trials fulfill our ultimate purpose. Because without trials, we would never learn to rely on Jesus Christ. Without trials, we would not be formed into the image that we're supposed to be in. It's like gold being refined. In this process, they, 
They melt the gold down. They heat it up. And when it's melted, all the infirmities rise to the top. And they scrape it off. All the bad. And they continue this process over and over and over and over. And each time a little bit more comes up, they scrape it off. A little bit more comes up, they scrape it off. And at the end of this process, this gold is pure. It's purified. It's refined. It's stronger. That is just like us in our lives. When the fire comes, when the trials come, all the infirmities drop so your pride will rise, your lust, your, everything that, you, that you're sinning with, it will rise to the top, it will be scraped away. All of your weaknesses will be right, rose to the top and will be scraped away. And you'll be left with an image of Jesus Christ. So what are you going through? Are you able to find joy in your trial? in your hard time? Do you know that you're going to win? If your heart is heavy, there's a reason for it. If you're going through a hard time, there's a reason for it. If your life is harder than it has ever been, there's a reason for it. If there's more change in your life than there ever has been, there's a reason for it. If you've cried more tears than you ever have in your life, there's a reason for it. And I pray that you would just lean on God. Because He's the only one strong enough to hold us up. And He's the only victor. He and He only will win. And we are His children. Let's pray. Father, God, after reading that, Father, we can just find so much joy in our relationship with You, Lord. We don't have to worry about trials, God. We don't have to worry about this life, God. We know you've got it planned out. We know that our trials have a purpose, Father. We know that the change in our life has a purpose, God, and we know that we're going to win. And because of that, God, we have joy. We have overwhelming joy, God, and we're just so thankful that you loved us so much. God, in spite of our sin, God, you loved us and not only that, God, you, you came to this earth and you died for us. God, you died for us just so we could have the victory. God, even, even in our hard times, God, you're there to hold us up. God, why did you do that? God, why did you choose to just to have us as your children, God, and, and hold us up? God, you don't need us. God, you don't, you don't need us to be here. But God, we need you. And God, we're just... We're just thankful that you loved us and that you saw our need and you're meeting it, God. Even though we turned our backs against you, God, you met our need and you forgave us and you gave us a way to get back to you, God, and be formed into the image that we were originally created to be. God, we love you. And Lord, we just want to pour out our thankfulness to you.
to for giving our trials and hard times a purpose. In your name we pray, amen.